Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light. This is your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'm your host again today. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer, and I'm also the founder of Laser Therapy Institute. We're going to be talking today about oral lichen planus, but for just a second, before we get into this really interesting and not that common disorder, I want to talk just a little bit about our sponsor, Laser Therapy Institute. Laser Therapy Institute is an institute and membership organization for laser therapy experts. And so if you are looking to utilize light or laser therapies for yourself or for a family member, an LTI clinic is the place to be. You can find out if there's a clinic near you by going to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Click on the Our Clinics tab, and that will take you to a map view where you can see if someone is near you. You can also get a hold of us directly by emailing us info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. We'd be happy to help you out as best we can over distance for whatever particular need you might have, whether you're looking for a light therapy provider near you, or you've got a specific condition you're wondering if laser therapy could help with, uh, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for our next podcast, hop on there, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. But today we're talking about oral lichen planus. We're going to talk about first what it is, and then who gets it, why it happens, and then what the typical treatments look like. Then we're going to get into a brand new study that is really exciting about laser therapy and the treatment of oral lichen planus. So first of all, what is it? What is this particular disorder? Well, it is an inflammatory condition that affects the mucous membranes inside the mouth. So you'll see white or red patchy spots uh, on the gums or along the inside of the mouth there. It's not a contagious disorder. It's entirely focused on how your body is reacting to an inflammatory type of response. It's not properly managed. So uh, it's a form of an autoimmune disorder in reality. And in the study we're looking at today, they actually say that lichen planus is a common chronic autoimmune lesion that can affect the skin and the mucous membranes. And of course, today we're talking specifically about the oral lichen planus, so the, the form that you will find in the mouth. Now, these white or red patchy spots can be swollen. They can feel really, really painful, very sensitive. There can be bleeding or irritation when you're brushing your teeth. Uh, there can be uh, a sensitivity to hot or spicy foods, and in some cases if they go on for long enough, you can even have weight loss because you're not eating as much, or you can end up with some really significant scarring as those lesions continue on and on, and then you can have secondary yeast or fungal infections that happen because of these plaques that have formed inside the mouth. Now, who gets it? Well, this is typically found in females much more frequently than it is in men, and it's somewhere between one-half to two percent of the adult population. Most of the time, this occurs in, in women between the ages of 60 and 30 years old. There's a couple of other types where you can have cutaneous or genital lichen planus, and that can be found, of course, just on the skin or in the, on the genitals. And the most common case is this oral lichen planus. There's some predisposing factors uh, that they know of, and there's still a lot of argument about what the real causes of this really are, but we know that there can be a genetic link. So some people just genetically are going to be more prone to get this. But also this can be connected to the hepatitis C virus, 
can be connected to hypertension or high blood pressure, uh, diabetes. There can be even be trauma that can start this process. And there are psychological factors that feed into this. And this is really interesting because many psychological factors impact the way that the immune system handles these insults and it, on the kind of overreaction, overresponse of the immune system to something that is pretty benign in a lot of cases. Think about rheumatoid arthritis. If you know anything about rheumatoid arthritis, it's an inflammatory autoimmune disease where the body attacks the joints. And we don't know exactly why it happens, but we do know that psychological factors like severe traumas, um, emotional traumas, can lead to more prevalence in this kind of body attacking itself. Essentially, you know, the idea here is the body is in emergency response mode, and so it is attacking anything and everything, even when those things aren't threats. So this is just one more form of autoimmune disorder. Now, this isn't one that you want to try and diagnose on your own. You definitely want to get a checkup on this. Uh, the dentist can oftentimes diagnose this one, uh, or your family care doctor will probably be able to get that process started for you too. It's usually a pretty straightforward diagnosis, a little bit of history, looking at what's going on there, and, and talking with the patient about what's happening can get you a, a diagnosis. And a lot of times, we're just going to go for symptomatic treatment like a numbing agent, like a lidocaine uh, application you can put right on that spot to reduce the sensitivity of it uh, while you're eating, You know, which is a time when the pain is often triggered. But the real gold standard right now for this particular disorder is using corticosteroids. And this is often a topical corticosteroid, so it'll be a gel, a steroid gel that you put directly on the lesions. Sometimes you may have, you know, sometimes you might have a an oral, you know, a pill form corticosteroid, and then other times you they might even inject the corticosteroid directly into the lesion, uh, but that's that's pretty unusual. So usually, usually a topical gel uh, that's a steroid to try and reduce the immune system activity in that spot. However, that is problematic in and of itself because having those steroids there reduces the immune system activity, and so that can lead to the overgrowth of yeast, that can lead to further infections, and it's really not good for the mucous membranes, it's not good for the tissues to have that continuous exposure of steroid. And so the study we're looking at today uh, actually addresses this as well. The title of the study is Photobiomodulation Therapy, or as we know it also, laser therapy or light therapy, versus corticosteroid, for the management of erosive and ulcerative and painful oral lichen planus, assessment of success rate during one year follow-up, a retrospective study. This was published in August of 2021, so brand new study published in MDPI Healthcare Journal. Uh, and so essentially what they were doing is going back in time a year to look at some patients they had treated either with corticosteroids or with laser therapy. Because they say it is well established that photobiomodulation or laser therapy reduces the inflammatory process, accelerates wound healing and tissue regeneration, prevents fibrosis or scarring, 
reduces pain and improves function. And so because of that, they wanted to see if laser therapy could be a good solution in place of corticosteroid treatment for some patients. They say that any new treatment able to avoid the use of medications for systematic oral pathologies is encouraged to avoid the side effects of prolonged intake of medications such as corticosteroids. So not only do we know that laser therapy could be applied for a condition exactly like oral lichen planus, but also that being able to avoid medications is going to be a better thing. That's what the researchers say right here in the paper. So they divided their treatment uh, groups up in half. They had one half of their patients doing a steroid treatment, and then the other half of the patients were doing the laser therapy treatment. And for the folks that were doing the corticosteroid treatment, they had a corticosteroid gel, and they were supposed to apply it three times a day, every day, for six weeks. So three times a day, every day, for six weeks, putting the cortisone gel on those lesions in the mouth. For the laser therapy group, they treated them every other day for six weeks. So just once, every other day, for six weeks total and they used a red 635 nanometer laser, um, and that was at a very, very small spot size, a very, very low dose, and they just applied the red laser for about 40 seconds directly to these lesions and around the lesions as well. They said everything around that lesion within five millimeters. And I think that's really neat because it's not just right where you can see the problem. The surrounding tissues need to be healthy as well. And you can see this even with um, muscle tears. You don't have to treat just where the tear has occurred. You want to treat around that area too. The tissues around the problematic area are important to address. If those tissues are healthy and delivering a normal amount of blood flow and a normal immune system response, then that means that the fight can happen much more effectively in the area that is damaged. However, if you only use laser on the damaged area, you might be missing part of the dysfunction in the tissues around that region. So I thought it was really neat that they applied the laser not only to the spots you could see in the mouth, but also in the areas right around those obvious lesions. So again, if the, if the patient had a steroid gel, they were applying it three times a day, every single day for six weeks. If the patients were getting laser therapy, they were getting laser every other day for six weeks. And then at the end of the six weeks, they got the patients together, they did all the assessments, and then they assessed them at the one-year mark as well, and they found some really exciting things about laser therapy in this case. They said both corticosteroid and photobiomodulation groups showed a significant reduction of pain scores and also improved the quality of the patient's life through that reduction of pain and discomfort. And clinically, both photobiomodulation and corticosteroids showed a significant similar result in the management of pain since all the included patients reported no pain after both treatments after six weeks of follow-up. So essentially what they're saying is laser therapy in these cases worked exactly as well as corticosteroid treatment, the gel corticosteroid application on there. Now, and I think it's kind of neat to mention too that we're only getting laser every other day, whereas if you're using the corticosteroid, it's multiple times a day every single day. 
And they go on to say that since corticosteroids present side effects such as stinging, burning, irritation, dryness, and redness, it can be underlined that photobiomodulation might be considered as a very promising approach for the treatment of oral lichen planus. At the end of the paper, they conclude that photobiomodulation, or laser therapy, is effective for managing oral lichen planus and is significantly similar to topical corticosteroids without any need for the use of medication and with no reported side effects. Because that's one of the problems with corticosteroids is you're worried about the side effects, right? The potential for additional infections like yeast overgrowth or scarring or other problems that can come along with using corticosteroids on a long-term basis like that. So a couple of takeaways here. A lot of times people want to see complete resolution of problems in just a couple of sessions of laser therapy. It's worth pointing out here that these patients had a lot of treatments, all right, every other day for six weeks. That's quite frequent. However, they had excellent resolution of their condition. The next thing I'd like to point out is this particular laser that they used, a visible red laser that is very low power, is essentially eye safe, meaning that it is not a danger to the eyes. And in some cases, this might end up being something that patients could do at home because it is so safe and it is so easy to apply. Now, I'm not saying you should be running out there and grabbing the first red laser pointer that you see because that certainly is not going to cut it. However, I think there's a lot of potential in the future for being able to have these treatments even done at home. Right now, could certainly be done at a light or laser therapy provider. But just remember, it's not going to be a couple of treatments and gone. It's going to take a little bit more work than that, a little more length of time to really see that good resolution. But the bonus there is you get to avoid having to put in the steroid cream multiple times a day. You get good relief of pain. Those lesions go away and you're left with less side effects than you would be from having to use corticosteroid gel. Now, if you have questions about this particular study, you can actually read the copy of the study yourself. There's a link in the show notes. You can also email me, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. I'd be happy to go over some of the other points with you or answer any other questions that you have. Thanks for joining me again this week, and I look forward to being right back here with you next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.